Well, our moms think we're funny. I, <laughs> I just, I just find that that that's so annoying. The when they're showing people with like bank accounts, they have like you know, ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars in there. I mean, for me, payday is like the best and worst day of my life. Oh, like every two weeks, because like I don't want to get paid. I don't want to get paid because I know that I'm going to be broke right afterwards. But at the same time, it's like I want to get paid because I got bills to pay. But yep. <laughs> it's like. It's almost like one of those like like torture techniques they use in like Vietnam, where you were like, like they like wrap the guy's dick in like barbed wire, and then have a woman like they do a lap dance. It's like, oh, oh no, that's what payday is every day. It's a barbed wire lap dance. <laughs> like, barbed wire lap dance would be such a great metal band. That would be. That would be awesome. We need to we need to make use of that. Barbed wire lap dance. <laughs> Holy shit, that's that's great. That's perfect. Holy that would make a really good indie comic too. It would, yeah. Oh my god. Barbed wire lamp dance. <laughs> Special appearance by Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Don't call me babe. It's <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> hey, call me. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm all right. Good. Uh, so this is uh, Turkway A2. Yeah, and I'm a Comey. And welcome to another... Oh, jeez, there's that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to another... Oh, jeez, there's that guy again. <laughs> the guy, it's that one guy. Yeah, it's, that guy who whispers sweet nothings to his chicken sandwich. Yeah, it's that, that guy in that Pope Yes commercial where he's, he's like, Look at you, all spicy and sexy and sweet. Mm, girl, where you been all my life? It's like, what is this chicken breast? Mmm, yeah, breastesses. I mean... Yeah, I, you're... you're Dirty chicken sandwich, aren't you? Mmm. <laughs> South of the border. I like my chicken sandwich this Latino. Spicy. <laughs> El Caliente. It's like, yeah, you a leg or a breast man. Mmm. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. He's like, he's, he, he's, he's like talking sexy to a sandwich. Like, <laughs> you're a freak, dude. <laughs> Pope, yes, contact us. We have great ideas for your commercials. <laughs> 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 oh man! You know I haven't had Popius since uh, SPX. Yeah, yeah, same here. God, I, you know, it is pretty sad. Nothing bad about SPX. We met some really cool people there. It was a great show, and we had some fun. We didn't sell like a lot of books, but we had a lot of fun there. Yeah, yeah. But the thing I think most about when SPX is like uh, the ramen bar, the ramen bar, hell yeah, and then the uh, the the ice cream place. Oh yeah, because we had ice cream for dinner that night. Yeah, it was the ice cream with the with the warm cookies or whatever oh, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and then man. then the Pope yes. Mm-hmm. And oh, and then the next day at breakfast, we had that awesome breakfast at that place, the oh, pancake yeah. place. Yeah, because I had the chicken and waffles there. Right. Oh, God. So like when we think about SPX, like the food. The food was so good. And then we took that like what hour and a half walk around the city where we just like talked and just like oh yeah, man, that was a great time. That was the effing best. The only that bad works. thing about that was we lost our two podcasts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, three because we did uh, Chris Chan, mm-hmm. um, Evil Geniuses. And Wild Wild Country. Yep. We lost all three of those podcasts. And we just don't have the emotional strength to revisit them. Yeah, I would never have the emotional strength to, to revisit Christian. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do a Let's Watch of this documentary. Oh, gee, will we now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you managed to tough it out through Mike and Melissa and Shy Boys. You can make it through a Christian documentary. <laughs> I can't wait! <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about, like, the 30-part one from Gino Samuel. As good as that one is, I'm just there's, like, an hour and a half. Or no, it's just an hour. It's just an hour-long documentary. <laughs> So, uh, it's uh, good. Uh, I'm going to pop open my soda here. Uh-huh. 
for all those, uh, what's that, A-M-S-R-R-A-C-M-R, whatever it is. The, I don't even know what the hell that is. So he, hearing people talk about him, like, I don't know what it is. I'm uh, not they, even sure I care. You, you know how when you hear Bob Ross's voice and it kind of sends cold chills down your spine, you feel really relaxed? Yeah. That's ASMR. Oh. <laughs> I, know, it's, I mean, Bob Ross, so... Oh, choose your words carefully because we may have to throw hands <laughs> Bob <laughs> Ross is a gift from God <laughs> I did that mercy they just showed mercy so oh, okay <laughs> so our our background video for uh for the podcast is uh Batman v Superman and um and they just showed showed mercy during their first our first appearance of Lex Luthor and yeah. just I really like Mercy's Lex's so shirt hot. in this scene yeah it's interesting yeah it's cool it's a Banksy I think is it a Banksy I'm almost positive that's a Banksy yeah. It's definitely like the same style of stencil art that he does, but I think that's a Banksy. Hmm. I do like Banksy. He's an interesting guy. And he did Banksy at the crime scene too. <laughs> right, so, um, so like, Bob Ross is cool, but Bob Ross's voice, yeah, works really well when you're looking at him painting. Mm-hmm. If you were laying in bed and you heard Bob Ross's voice from under your bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you would not feel the same way. That would be the best sleep I ever had in my entire life. <laughs> that, that's right. Just close your eyes and let all the tension out. Everybody needs a friend. And then, then you feel like a hand just reach up and it'll just touch your chest like, there's no such thing as a mistake. <laughs> if I was going to be euthanized, I would want to be euthanized by Bob Ross. <laughs> All right, now just just look out across the field there and just tell me about the rats. Did uh, just be a friend of the rats because everybody needs a friend. So I have an appointment uh, in uh, April, like first week of April, to get my last wisdom tooth cut out. All right. So the um, I had my my other three taken out uh, a little over ten years ago, and I'll tell you why I didn't get the fourth one cut out at that time. Well, I guess I'm telling people uh, they're listening because you already know the story. <clears throat> right. And when I met and I met my oral surgeon, same guy. Uh, and I told him why it took me 10 years and I explained to him that it was his fault why it's been 10 years, you know, since, uh, I've come back to get this last tooth taken out. So my, uh, my upper wisdom tooth cracked and I didn't realize that it cracked and, uh, it had gotten infected Oof. and it was, it was giving some problems. Like, holy shit. I actually thought this is how bad the, it hurt the infection was I was having chest pains. Oh, wow. Because I guess the nerve from like the, the, the tooth was radiating down into like my chest mm -hmm. um and so they found out you know you know oh, oh hey you got this cracked tooth there so um so i went to go see him and uh he was like okay yeah um yeah i see what you have to get taken out and he's um and he's like well i'm just gonna you know just kind of tug on on the cracked tooth some some pieces that had come out i'm just gonna tug on it to see you know how strong it is because i don't want to grab it and go to pull and it just just shatters you know right, in yeah. the uh in the little like medical pliers or whatever it is so so he grabs and he just kind of tugs and he goes oh well that came out um uh, <laughs> so then he he pulls the other one from up top he goes to do the one on the right side it's growing in sideways he said he has to cut the top off and then cut it down the middle yeah it takes him a half hour to cut through the bones he said because it was so the dense the uh the tooth was so he said he didn't have time then to to do the other one. I had to I had to come back later. So I'm like okay, fine, not a big deal. Um, and so about I don't know two or three weeks later, I haven't made my my next appointment yet. But about two or three weeks later, I'm in Best Buy, and this guy, um, you know, they've got those big flatbed carts, and they're pushing up and has this big you know, a big screen TV on it, 
And uh, this guy comes up and he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I know you, right? He's like, and he's like, uh, I like, you know, um, took out your wisdom teeth. He's like, I don't remember your name because I never forget a mouth that I worked on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, doc. <laughs> and then I look down at the big screen TV on the flatbed. And he's like, you still have one more to come out. And I was like, yeah, but it's not going to be right now. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not paying for that fucking TV. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't mind. I don't mind. Just, just close your eyes, open your mouth. Yeah. I got my tools in my pocket. I always do. <laughs> How much did how much I say it was gonna be? It was like two hundred dollars. Now it's gonna be three hundred dollars. <laughs> now it's gonna be three hundred dollars. <laughs> like that scene in Out of Sight when when, when Don Cheadle is talking to Albert Brooks. He's like, "How much did I say that pill was gonna be?" <laughs> Have you seen that video that was going around the internet for uh, for it was a few years ago? It's like this British guy getting on the phone with his dentist office. He's like, "Yes, yes, I I, I need to I need to make an appointment for a tooth extraction." It's like, "How much is that gonna be?" Oh. Oh, that's that's very expensive. Okay, well, uh, what if we do it with uh, with no anesthetic? Right, right. I realize it's going to be absolutely excruciatingly painful, but just how much would you bring the price down if we did no anesthetic? Okay, oh, that's still a bit more than I wanted. Well, uh, what what if we just had one of your students do it so it's a learning experience for them? Yeah, I know they're not experienced. I know it would be agonizing. It would just be brutal, but that that's okay. My goal here is to save money. Okay, and he does like three or four more things to just keep bringing the price down. He's like, "All right, perfect. Oh yeah, no, that's that's totally manageable. All right, can we can we make an appointment for the wife for next Tuesday then?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so I, I I made an appointment to to get my 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 last wisdom tooth cut out, and I, I went there and make my appointment. So in April, I've I've got my my last wisdom tooth um, set to to yeah to be to be removed, which I'm, I'm actually looking forward to because I'm tired of having this, this janky thing in my mouth. Yeah. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to beat you to it. That's also what she said. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I can't remember why I was even, uh, mentioned this whole thing now, uh, about my wisdom too. That's something to do with what we saw on TV or whatever. But anyway, so I got, I've got that, that coming up and the wisdom two thing and shit. Well, what, where was I going with this whole story? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about the, <laughs> we were talking about Dawn of Justice and Banksy and then you went into. Shit, they, there was actually a purpose to all this and now, now it's all gone. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> about me talking about why I have to have this, this you know, oral surgery done. Um, I didn't, re- I didn't remember that Bruce Wayne was a member of Fight Club. Uh, well, it's because the first rule of Fight Club is <laughs> Bruce Wayne's all about keeping secrets. <laughs> Apparently, he's also glad to be part of the Bad Back Tattoo Club. <laughs> you know that that's like the greatest thing is that if Bruce Wayne was a member of Fight Club and he showed up here and is like, "Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne," I'd like he shows in like the Batman outfit and pulls his cowl back and shows he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> And, and he's can like, talk about it. right. And, and, and if you do say anything, he's he's Batman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have nobody show up next week for for Fight Club. <laughs> or if you did, you would just do nothing. But like me, I'd be an asshole. <laughs> I would just bring new people to Fight Club all the time. <laughs> because what's That's, the last rule of Fight Club? If it's your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and make a fight, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Jonas is gonna be fun. He's gonna build it alive like he did here in Fight Club. Oh, really? 
Holy shit, it's Bruce Wayne. Who's that rich guy? It's Bruce Wayne. Holy shit, he's ripped. He's like, oh, he's got a really bad back tattoo, though. He's like, oh, I can take that, that pampered ass rich boy. He's like, welcome to Fight Club again, I swear. Swear to me. God, yeah. Bruce Wayne or Fight Club. That would be horrible. Oh, shit. I, I wish. I do want to do Fight Club. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could remember why I was talking about my my wisdom tooth being cut out. What the whole know, point it, of that was? It'll occur to you like halfway it, it, through the podcast. No, it'll occur to me like two, three podcasts from now. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'll be like, he can stand, but the Frankie in the monkey suit has to go. <laughs> what? <laughs> Data? That was seven years ago. <laughs> oh. oh man. Yeah, it's it's actually getting to be that time of year for me to watch uh, Fight Club again. Is it? No. Yeah, I, I always watch it around my birthday because every year that I'm a little older, it means different stuff for me. And uh, it, it's it always like it'll either communicate something different to me spiritually or something to me like physically. So like it'll either speak to me like where I'm at in life or it'll speak to me with like oh yeah here's what I'm currently experiencing. So. Um, like I, I really, I, I really enjoy like my little annual watching. I haven't seen it annually, but I know I'm due to watch it again soon because, um, yeah, I just love it so much. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely my favorite movie. <laughs> so I tried to find it last time it was there. I'm pretty sure it's at um, it's not Staples. I'm pretty sure it's at uh, Office Max. Mm-hmm. They used to have a um. They used to have a uh, a ream of paper that they sold there, whatever the brand was, and the um, the address for the um, for the the company where the paper was made was whatever it is, Paper Street. <laughs> it's the same street from Fight Club. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was awesome. Wasn't there something in the documentary where they were saying that like Paper Street is basically just like a placeholder name for streets that have been abandoned? Is it now? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Because I watched... There's like four documentaries on the DVD I have. There's like a cast documentary, a director documentary, a writer's documentary, and I think like a special effects team documentary. If I'm remembering right, I could be wrong about that. But like there's there's like multiple ones. There's three or four. I watched a making up thing where they showed everything from them building the house Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And that was... That was awesome. Um, I don't think I... I may have watched the other stuff, but I don't really remember because it's been a while since I saw it. Yeah, I, I think the only one of those documentaries I watched was, like, the, the cast one, which, of course, has um, has Ed Norton, Brad Pitt, Helena Bonham Carter, and David Fincher. And, like, that was, that was pretty interesting, but, like, they were mostly just talking about, like, their own stance on what their life was like during that, like, whatever point of filming in the movie. Right. And so, like, I know, like, that scene where they're hitting the cars with a bat to set off the, to set off the alarm, mm-hmm. and like they're they're bypassing all the all the quote working class cars. Right. So like they'll they'll like walk up to a Ford and be like, no, no, leave this one, and then they just like hit the next designer car. Yeah, the ones that, that probably didn't have the uh, the airbags or like uh, collision airbags or whatever it right. is. Right. So um, so uh, like. Brad Pitt and Ed Norton got into kind of an argument on that because they both, at the time of filming, specifically requested to have a new model VW Beetle in there, which is the last car they hit in that scene. And it's because they both hated the car at the time. 
<laughs> and the reason is is because originally the whole point of having a VW Beetle in America was that it was counterculture. It was the big thing in the 60s that you got this and it's like here's this car designed by the Nazis but it's like it's all part of like the the uh the 1960s like counterculture underground movement. So like the new design for the Beetle became this whole thing of like we're taking counterculture and now we're making it mainstream and we're making it trendy and we're making it really expensive. Right. So it just it works against everything that the car originally stood for. So they both like specifically requested if we're going to be hitting cars that represent what we fucking hate about culture, then we have to hit a Beetle. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was a really nice touch. But then like during the documentary, Brad Pitt had changed his stance and he was like no, actually, you know, I kind of changed where I'm at with it. I, th- I think it's a good design for a car. I think it's a really, like, nice take on a classic look. And you could tell Ed Norton was, like, so bothered by it. He was like, come on, dude. Come on. Oh, that's funny. It's great. <laughs> oh, that... <laughs> Alright, that's... I can be like, yeah, no, um... Yeah. I, I, can have, I can understand their point of view, but I just have to say that the original, like... Uh, bug mm-hmm. that they turned into a Pikachu. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That that's I, I would have driven look. the shit out of that car. Oh man, yeah. It yeah. it's it's made an appearance to some of the cons we've been to. Really? Yeah. Is it is it the actual one or is it like a? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, they advertise it as the Pika bug, but I don't know if it's like the real one. It looks pretty legit. It doesn't look like a a replica. I remember back when um uh back when I I got my car. Uh, no, sorry. What is before I got my? I forgot my car. I was taking it to the shop, um, and uh, the Scion was a big deal. The, the Toyota Scion, mm-hmm. and well, actually, it wasn't Toyota that made it. It was it was a offshoot of Toyota. Not offshoot, offshoot of Toyota. Um, it was like a sec separate like a brand or whatever. Um, the Scion. Anyway, it was customizable, and they would show like uh, in this uh, brochure they had in the uh, dealership. Of all these, um, like designer ones, they had uh, like different, like artists or whatever had you know made these things, these customizable ones. Yeah. And I was like, okay, wow, that's kind of neat. Not really quite sure what, but they weren't like factory customized. Like, you know, oh, well, here's the options package. It was like, no, no, they were basically like, um, you know, pimp my ride, you know, kind of things. I was like, yeah. well, yeah, okay, that's great and all, but I can do that with any car. I don't really need a Scion to do that with. If that's what I want to do. Right, yeah. And then it took what was supposed to be like a nice little car, you know, like a neat little thing and and turned into something that was like now like $35,000 car, like right. all pimped out or whatever. It's something like, yeah, that's unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, hey, um, I got a question for you. Okay. What is our topic today? Dude, I don't know. I jumped into this so completely unprepared. Um, I, I don't know. What what do you want to talk about today? Uh, Turk has left the mic. Turk is... Turk is rummaging around in the corner of the room. The salesman has left the building. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned here. Is this the moment where you finally kill me? It's been a long time coming. No, I can't find a new host of the podcast. But as soon as I do, as soon as I find somebody worthy, <laughs> you're out of there. Dude, I'm not that hard to replace. <laughs> There's sarcastic bald assholes everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, but most of them are probably racist. <laughs> there is that. 
Plus, it won't be the same when I go to say a joke and then they weren't going to say it too. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not beating anybody to the punchline. <laughs> we finish each other's sandwiches. I'm close enough. <laughs> I would love to get a replica of Lex Luthor's painting in this scene. Right, well, now let's do that part again to help we finish each other. We finish each other? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it? We just finish each other? That's actually better than what I was going to say. <laughs> Turk, <laughs> you're my stepbrother. <laughs> you're half-stepbrother. <laughs> Twice removed. How does that work? <laughs> you ever seen Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> well, mom and dad were at this party, right? And they thought they were cheating on one another. <laughs> God, it's been way too long since I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. Just say that uh, you ever wonder why they have such a like a hissy fit when you mention pina coladas? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you want to see dad just really break down. Next time, like a rainstorm, just like put like a like a pina colada umbrella like on his car during out in the rain, and he'll just curl up into a ball. <laughs> I do want to say one thing though. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, so you and I, we we love Watchmen. Yeah. Um, the Watchmen, uh, the comic book is so good. So so good. I'm sorry, graphic novel. Which <laughs> we've had this conversation before. I'm going to have it again because I really want people to understand how this works. A graphic novel is a book. That is written for the sole purpose of purpose of a single publication mm-hmm. that is normally over a certain size and length. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just maybe like a whether you used to call it a prestige format or a deluxe format format book. Yeah. Now they call it a graphic novel. Uh, well, it's it's coming more in vogue here in recent years to refer to it as a trade paperback. Well, that's the thing. If you do a collection mm-hmm. of issues, like Watchmen is a collection of the twelve issues, that's yeah. a trade paperback. That's yeah. not a graphic novel. Correct. Yes. But they want to refer to everything like that as a graphic novel instead of calling it a trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Watchmen is a trade paperback, not a graphic novel. That's correct, yes. Dark Knight Returns, if you get the collection, is a trade paperback. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I'm going to look over here. What do I have that actually is a straight-up graphic novel? Um, hmm. There's a, there's a couple that, um, um, that I have that are like graphic novels as they were designed to be just that one story right. told in, that, in that one format right like a long format story um well like i mean the first thing that comes to mind for me is like contract with god by will eisner okay and that's considered the first graphic novel because he specifically said here is a x number of page long story here's the entire book published this all under one book he didn't do it in increments of issues so it's it's considered it, it, amongst most comics historians to be the first graphic novel. Um, uh, Death of Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. graphic novel. Yep. You know any uh, any of the Marvel graphic novels that were made during like the eighties or whatever that were called Marvel graphic novels? Yeah. Are um, shit? What are they called? Graphic novels. So. <laughs> Um, let's see. There was Three Shadows, which I can never remember the artist behind it, but that's a fantastic book. Is that Mike Kaluta? Uh, I don't know. Because I have one, and you'd be surprised where I got it from. Really? At the time, I actually had a, a pretty um, hefty value to it. It was like, maybe going up to like 25, 30 bucks for a book I got at the dollar store. Dang. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. And it was like, uh, here's this graphic novel here. I don't, I don't think that that's who did it. Because this isn't a superhero story. This is... Uh... The shadow, like the um, 
the who, guy who knows what you know, fear lurks in the hearts of men? Oh, no, evil. no, that's that's the shadow. This is three shadows. Oh, oh, I thought you, when you said three shadows, I thought you meant three different graphic novels. No, no, no. Oh. No, the, the shadow, I mean, they, they uh, Dynamite's actually doing a monthly book of it now, uh, which is not half bad, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, hmm. But yeah, Three Shadows, it's it's a phenomenal book. And it's it's a graphic novel. It was it was done long form for the... Hmm. Um, cool. Cyril Pedrosa. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of him before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, uh, I think he was a visual artist for Emperor's New Groove. Like, he, he did some of, like, the background designs and stuff, and maybe some of the character designs. I, I could be wrong Did he also that. work on Batman anime series? Uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> My word. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, sh- I don't want to spoil it. But it's so good. If you have not read it, uh, to anybody listening to this, if you have not read it, I highly recommend Three Shadows. Well, maybe if someone would let me borrow a copy, then I could read it. Uh, I could. It it may be it, it may be back in storage at my place. It, I've got a lot of graphic novels. See, that's when you're supposed to say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't know you didn't have a copy. <laughs> and then I say, well, sorry to put the graphic novel in my collection. Now, does it? But, all right, so back to The Watchmen. Um, yeah. So, um... And after this, we'll, we'll we'll take a break after this one. Sure. Um, so, um, yeah, love, love the, the Watchmen trade paperback, your comic books, the 12-issue series, trade, trade, uh, trade paperback. Yeah. Oh, um, he, he worked on Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules, not Emperor's New Groove. Sorry. Oh, that guy that put the Glad and Gladiator. <laughs> um, Good movie. Yeah. And the one with uh, Esmeralda, not Villa Lobos. <laughs> uh, um, Hunchback is actually extremely underrated. It's a very good movie. Hmm. Very, very good movie. So, um, so anyway, you know, we, you and I love that, and we've devoured it. It's one of those books where every time I read it, I, I take away something different from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was actually talking to a guy at work the other day, and I mentioned I was like, uh, "So, what? How'd you feel when you found out who Rorschach was, and you'd seen him, you know, all these times?" He's like, yeah. "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, the guy here, here, and here." And he's like, "Oh." Oh, I didn't pick that up, and I'm like, he didn't. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they they were they were watching the um the motion comic. Ah, uh, yeah, that that'll do it. That'll so do it. so I can see why you may not have paid attention to like the background stuff or whatever. The yeah, motion comic, yeah. if you haven't seen, it, is so well done. It's fantastic. Um, and it was actually done in twelve parts. It's really good. So anyway, um, the I was really skeptical about the Watchmen HBO series. I really right, was right. Um, you know, Damon Lindelof did that little letter on Twitter about, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm such a big fan. And my dad gave this to me when I was like really young. And he was like, read this kid. It'll put hair on your chest. And, uh, you <laughs> it, know, it'll definitely change you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, and he was saying, you know, like, I'm going to do it right and blah, blah, blah. So when I started seeing a little bit more, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of excited about this. I'm still, still have some trepidations, but I'm, I'm getting, getting excited about it. Watched the first episode, and I was like, wasn't really quite sure where it was going, but the first episode really, really got me. I was like, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I still haven't seen it. Watched the, the other, like, I think eight, uh, seven episodes, so eight total. Um, watched it all. It, and, I mean, it's, it gets better. The more it moves on, it just gets better and better, and it builds up this nice, like, crescendo, and everything comes together. And I'm not going to say it's, like, it's perfect, it's, um, uh, but it's really, really well done. Yeah. Um, And I, I love the just... The entire um, 
process, just moving right through it. The experience is, is I think, is fantastic. And all the little nods at things from the graphic novel. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to bring up. What little bit I've seen out of it, just, like, from trailers and just, like, watching little snippets here and there, it seems that, like, these people have really done their homework and are very, very familiar with the story. And that's really refreshing to me. I really like when people, like, demonstrate that they care enough about the franchise because, I mean, that, that's what we've talked about in numerous other things, about numerous other things. It's like, I just want you to give a damn, you know? Right. It's like, whatever else you do, whether, like, you succeed at it, whether you're, like, the best at what you do, just give enough of a damn to show that you're making some effort. And so that's what I really appreciate out of what I've seen out of the Watchmen show. And, you know, the we I think you and I have talked about this several times, you know, off mic, where we've said, you know, this is not a good movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh but there was such heart in it, and you could tell that they that they really liked the source material. They cared enough about it yeah. that um, I can appreciate it, and it does earn a special place with me because of that. Even though it has a lot of failings, right. I can see like you know where where they they really tried. Right, right. I'm a I'm a fan of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie. Yeah, I know a lot of people hate it. I still haven't watched that either. I really like the movie a lot. I've seen it. I don't know. 20 25 times I, I really like isn't, it isn't isn't that the movie that like made sean connery stop acting <laughs> well okay i'll say this i don't think that was the only reason he did retire after that but sean connery per my understanding was offered the role of uh either gandalf or Sauron. i think it's Sauron in lord of the rings <laughs> and he chose league instead and then when uh. lord of the rings took off and I think he, oh. he, was, he was he was like oh he, I backed the wrong horse. I was, about was, just, like, I was just about to say he really backed the wrong horse on that one. Uh, Can you imagine getting the Lord of the Rings with Sean Connery as Saruman? <laughs> uh, it it would have been interesting. All right, Gandalf. <laughs> I really don't give a shit about your ring. <laughs> Halflings, you say? Well, they're too small for me to make love to, so. <laughs> So that was good, by the way. Really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should uh, take a little ad break. No, we- because I still haven't finished what I was trying to say. Oh, you haven't? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just that we get so caught up in the conversation, we keep missing our ad breaks. <laughs> anyway, so getting back to Watchmen. I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to stop interrupting you here. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up quick. <laughs> So getting back to I mean, Watchmen. By, by all means, just finish what you were going to say. I'll, yeah, I'll stop. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you're uh, it's it's the respect that you show me yeah, when we're yeah, recording. Exactly. Uh, and as a friend, that that's one of the things that I'm like, you know what? This guy, he's he's genuine. Thank you. you know? yeah, I mean, that's that's the point I want to convey here. He is he is the most up. And, and I, 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 <laughs> I, I can't say that enough. So... <clears throat> Uh, I mean, it is your podcast too, so you know, I wouldn't want you to feel like you couldn't finish a thought, right? Because otherwise, it's just my mom thinks I'm funny. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll stop with, with a with a Comey one eighty two. <laughs> we have merged. Is that our ship name? <laughs> Resistance is futile. <laughs> um, but Lindelof came in, and you know, watching the series, it, it really builds up well. They they um. And this is not a spoiler in any fashion. So even if you knew this from day one, it doesn't ruin anything for you. If anything, it probably just makes things just builds up the hype even more. Mm-hmm. But they show the giant squid. In a flashback scene, they show the giant squid. Yeah. And it is everything you could hope it to be. That's fantastic. Um, and everybody I've talked to about the show always brings that up first. That like that's one of the best parts of it. It's it, it's great. 
Cause, so, because that did feel like an empty part in the movie. It did, and, and like it's, and we've discussed this off camera. It's understandable why they couldn't really do it that way. Well, why they why were they afraid yeah. to do it that why, way? Why they elected not to do it that way? But um, it, it is really nice that they're just like kind of embracing that aspect of it because I, I do feel like it could have worked in the movie. Yeah. So, um, so the movie, the the TV series ends with a cliffhanger, and. It's it, it, the way it ends. Is, it, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So recently, Damon Lindelof has come back and said, "I'm not doing a season two. Oh well, shit. <laughs> Ain't that a pisser? Exactly. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Now I I get you told this whole story as beginning, middle, end. It it ends itself nicely, like like any really good season of something should. Right. It right. should end wrap up that story with something, some tease to kind of bring you into the next one. Right. And so it does that, and does have that tease there, but I want to see more of these characters. Yeah. And because you did such a great job of, like, showing a world after the Watchmen series, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the comic, I want to see more of that world and how these people are moving moving on right, right. with their lives and, and all that. But now it doesn't seem like we're going to get that. That's that's too bad. And I'm really, really pissed off at, at Lindelof. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, okay. I wonder so, how much of it's in his hands, though. And I, I get he may be like, wait, well, I did such a great job here. We seem to be happy with this. I don't want to fuck it up. I can get that, too. I, I But nobody asked for this TV series. Right, I, I want to be right. clear. Nobody asked for that. Nobody was joined for that. We got our, our Zack Snyder movie for all of its pluses and minuses. And I think it has way more pluses than it has minuses. Amen. All right. Um, and I also, again, we've talked about Zack Snyder and his hands being tied in a lot of stuff he wanted to do and his shortcomings as a filmmaker, you know, for how he views movies. Right. And, uh, Nerdwriter has a really good, um, story in there about kind of the DC approach to movies and, uh, he makes some reference to Zack Snyder's, um, <laughs> when in doubt, make another origin story. Yeah. <laughs> but he makes, he makes, uh, references at like how Zack Snyder films an action scene, that kind of stuff and all that. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't checked out Nerdwriter, really good YouTube channel. Um, I, I, I like it a lot, but anyway, um, so we've talked about Zack Snyder and kind of what he can and can't do or what he tries to do and, and how he succeeds and how he doesn't succeed. And I think, uh, I think the best example of that, if you want to see the best example of how he succeeds, um, Dawn of the Dead remake, mm-hmm. um, that is a very good movie, right? Uh, 300, loved 300. Yep. If you want to see a good example of how he doesn't succeed, Sucker Punch. Really? Not to say that Sucker Punch is a bad movie because I've seen it several times. The I soundtrack is awesome. I do like it a lot, but it's one of those movies that has a lot of potential and you can see where he's really building up to it. But I think the biggest shortcoming of that is that when you get down to something, when you have a, a movie that you're you're making and you're going to get to like a particular ending, right? You have to create a something that's gonna that's gonna be uh, divisive where people are like, okay. I see it this way. I see it that way. And people right. can come up with their reasons of what to support, um, you know, their viewpoint. Right. You don't have that with Sucker Punch. When you get to the ending, it's so ambiguous that no one can accurately defend their point of view. Yeah. That's the biggest shortcoming of the movie is when you get to that point there and you're like, I see it like this. Right. And, and be like. And the other person says, I see it like that. And it's like, how do you get that to that conclusion? How do you get to that conclusion? Right. Uh, and you the, both, the ending is the biggest weakness of the movie. Right. Yeah. And you both bring up the same points for and against yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
and that and that's what I'm saying. That's like one of his biggest. If you want to see a movie that has his biggest shortcoming, it's going to be Sucker Punch because of that. Um, so, so getting into all that, no one asked for the Watchmen TV series. Right, no one right. did. You said you were going to make it. We were all kind of happy, nervous, you know, happy, scared. I got that. I got that that, that excited, scared feeling. You know, where where it's, <laughs> it's ninety eight percent excited, two percent scared. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's ninety eight percent scared, two percent excited. But that's what makes it so intense. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will always fall back to, to Oscar <laughs> from Armageddon. Uh, uh, Owen Wilson's awesome. Um, I do like Owen Wilson. So, so you, you get you get to that, and now he's saying that I've done something fantastic, and I'm not going to give you anything more. Right. And I'm like, well, you didn't have to give me this to begin with, and now you now you're going to cut me off. It's like I I do understand wanting more, but at the exact same time, it's like. I've, I've talked often about how I really respect Bill Watterson's approach to Calvin and Hobbes for the exact same reason. Because his whole thing was, you know, after 15 years, he's going to, he, you know, he quits because he doesn't want the franchise to grow stagnant, basically. And so it's like he wants Calvin and Hobbes to end when it's at its strongest. So that's when he quits the strip. And people, like, to this day, there are people like, he needs to come back, he needs to come back. But it's like, no, he he told the story that he needed to tell. So, but see, that's the thing. He told a story he needed to tell. Calvin and Hobbes didn't end with, um, with like you know, the parents hearing a bunch of noise upstairs, and <laughs> Calvin's downstairs. They go and you open the door, and they're like Hobbes, and that was like the last panel. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I the, mean, <laughs> the last Calvin and Hobbes strip is actually very, very heartwarming. I really like it. But I'm saying he 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 closed it off. Yeah, yeah. He he sh- he shut the door, and he was like, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, he he does do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't he was he didn't like shut the door and then it opened up a little bit and hear this kohai right I mean, I mean there was none of that so but but Lindelof he did that and I'm like okay but and it 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 makes me feel like the time I had to put my dog down right and dog was was they, I had an old dog and and. Uh, Scruffly, Scruffly w- was was her name because I at first uh, at first started calling her Scruffy just because I'm like, you know I was I was like a, I don't know maybe teens or so when 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 I when we first got uh, got Scruffy and then somehow I started calling her Fluffy and I was like wait a minute isn't the dog's name Scruffy and then we just like Scruffly that's it so, so yeah, Scruff, makes, Scruffly was her name makes sense um and. Uh, and so Scruffly was old, and I had to had to you know put Scruffly down. It was really kind of upset, and uh, for a while. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, um, in an attempt to kind of get me out of my funk, right? She agreed to a threesome. Okay. And well, she didn't agree. Like I was like, you know, it would make me feel better <laughs> if you called your friend Janie. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. I mean, it was, you know, when when life hands you lemons, I mean. <laughs> then you Romsky. <laughs> but no, so um, so she was, you know, she knew it was, you know, not be like this will make up for it. But but that was the thing is like she did that, and you know, we we had that, and it was awesome. But she made it clear that you know. This is a one-time thing. You're, you're kind of low, and I understand you're dealing with something, but you can't let this, you know, be, you know, just your life from now on. So Scruffly's gone. And But she made it clear this was a one-time thing. Sure. Okay. 
but you opened a door to something that I liked and then you opened it and then shut it and be like, this is never going to happen again because I only did it because of this. So now subconsciously, I'm not really vocal about it, but subconsciously, whenever I see a dog, <laughs> you just want to kill it. Right. I do. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I start thinking, well, like Pavlov on crack, right? So then I start thinking, okay, well, you know, Scruffy was a small dog. What if I adopted and put down? And this is horrible. I adopted and put down a bigger dog. Hmm. Could we get a foursome? Could we? You know, <laughs> what if I had a horse? I mean, is like, this like? I wonder what the what the uh, the exchange rate is on this, though. You know, I, is I, it like the size of the dogs? Is it the amount of time you have the dog? I. But the thing is, though. You didn't have to do that. And to do that and then say, okay, but this is the only time we're going to do it just yeah. because of this. It, and like, and that's what, that's what Watchmen feels like to me. It feels like the time I had that threesome that I'll never be able to have again. You didn't have to do that. You could have taken me to the doctor. I could have gotten on some antidepressants. You could have said, hey, here's a bottle of alcohol, right? Here's some vodka. You know, drink up. But you know, no, you did this thing. Alcohol cost money. You did this thing, right? And they're like, okay, now snap out of it. And by the way, I'm never, ever doing this again. <laughs> And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Damon Lindelof. You know, I wish, I, right now, I wish that I was a guy from Memento. That way, 15 minutes from now, I would forget there ever was a Watchmen series. As opposed to having it dangling out there like a bad participle. And, and then, you know, and then hearing that someone else is going to take up the mantle. I want to watch him, like, fucking crash and burn it. Oh, so, yeah, thank oh, you. Man. Thank you, Damon. I appreciate that. I appreciate you just doing that for me and then just <laughs> leaving me high and dry like fucking Tom York. All right. Good job, buddy. <laughs> this goes to an ad. I'm pissed off at this. Enjoy the ad, people. Gal Gadot is so incredibly, unbelievably hot. Yep, she really is. Um, she wears like the best outfits in this too. <laughs> you know, one of the things I, that I find, well, because it's me, right? We, you know, you and I, we talked about our, our taste and stuff like that. Oh man, the nightmare sequence. Oh, it's so good. You know, one of the things that I find even more sexy about Gal Gadot, hmm. amongst everything else, right? Is she, because she's Israeli born, mm-hmm. she served time in the Israeli military. Really? <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. Like, That's she really is Wonder Woman. Plus the fact that she's like 5'10". Uh, yeah, just everything about her is super hot. Yeah. Just, mm. I mean, she really is a fucking badass. Oh, yeah. Just, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, it, it's been a while since I've, like, quote-unquote studied martial arts, but I've always been really fond of Krav Maga. Really? Oh, yeah. It's a badass martial art. The only time I ever, the first time I ever heard of Krav Maga... Um, was uh, an episode of The Simpsons. It was an episode where they go to Israel with because uh, uh, Flanders wants to go to Holy Land and he takes Homer with him. Yeah. And then Sasha Baron Cohen does a uh, a guest voice on it, and it is one of the worst episodes of The Simpsons you have ever seen. <laughs> next to the next to the one where Mr. Burns gets puts in gets uh, thrown in prison and has a um has this whole like spiritual awakening epiphany thing only for him to be let out of prison he goes back to being an evil asshole which is also so fucking boring and pointless (laughs) but that that episode the reason i hate that episode is because homer is such a fucking asshole i mean i can put up with a lot of homer simpson shit 
But that one is the one that made me just want to like beat Homer to death. Right. He is so disrespectful of everything and it's not funny at all. <laughs> and then they have this whole thing where Lisa learns Krav Maga and she's beating up Bart and she keeps going, Krav Maga, Krav Maga. And the whole time I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, who wrote this? Yeah, that's uh, that's not exactly how Krav Maga works. Yeah, it's like it was, it was like the like the typewriter they used to write all the buttons just said message on it, and they just kept it message, message, right. message. I'm making a point. <laughs> but it, it was it was horrible. It is not a funny episode at all. And Homer is such a dick. It sounds really bad. Oh god, it is. Yeah, no, my my introduction to Krav Maga. Um, I was I was reading a lot of martial arts books at the time. Um, I need I need to get back into that. The last martial arts book I bought was more about Bruce Lee's like workout regimens and like what types of weightlifts and stuff he did. Uh, very interesting book, but he kept up a grueling pace. Uh, but I, I did get a book on Krav Maga, and like it's it's hilarious because every single page involves punching your opponent in the throat and then kicking them in the groin. Every single set of moves, and I love that. It's like, how to defend against a knife attack. Block the knife, throat punch, knee to the groin. <laughs> how to defend against a gun. Slap the gun away, punch him in the throat, knee him in the groin. It's great. I, just, <laughs> I, I fucking love Krav Maga. It's awesome. So, so yeah, that, that, was, that was my first my, my, my first time I ever heard of Krav Maga. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, interesting. But, but yeah, uh yeah, I agree with you. Gal Gadot is awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I and I love I love she's got that little Kim Basinger mystery about her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like is it Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot? She won't tell you. <laughs> is it Basinger or Basinger? She won't tell you. I mean, I, I call her Gal Gadot just because that's what I've heard more than Gadot. But yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I say Gadot as well. Huh. So. I know you wanted to do, like, we, we've been talking about doing, like, a series of episodes on Watchmen. Do we want to keep talking Watchmen? No, no, I, I, I'll wait for us to do that. So, uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned this already, but uh, Akomi and I, uh, Akomi's going to read the book again. Because yep, I think you yep. said you want to read the book again. Yeah, I got to refresh. Um, I wouldn't mind watching the movie again, but, I mean, at the very least, like, I, I feel like I get more out of the book than I do the movie. Yeah, well, if, I think for what we're, for what we're going to do, the, the book is, is the best place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, uh, Akomi and I are going to do a uh, a character breakdown uh, of each of the main characters of Watchmen. So we're going to do uh, Silk Spectre, mm-hmm. uh, you know Rorschach, obviously uh, Dan, Night, the Night Owl Two, uh, uh, Osmandius, yep, Doctor Manhattan, yep, comedian. Uh, and well, the comedian is gonna say it's gonna be the hardest one because the comedian is the one that doesn't have a backstory. He really doesn't. Yeah. What we know but, about the comedian is that he served sometime in the military. We don't know what he did. We don't know what war he fought in. He did. We don't know if it was. It was. I assume it was Korea, not World War Two. But given the time span of the book, mm-hmm. right? You don't know because he's because he's part of the of the uh, original Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, back when he wore the yellow costume. Back when he was a little more. No, because he was still an asshole back then. Because that's when he, when he tried to tried to rape, uh, you know, um, uh, Sally. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got worse after. So we know he was in Vietnam. Yeah. But did he also do time in Korea? So he, he I mean, he, he, I guess, I think stopped being a comedian at one point and was a soldier. Yeah. And then kind of went off. But we don't really know. We don't know anything about his past. And the only time we ever really learn about him are from everyone else's experiences with him mm-hmm. 
but he's also so instrumental in shaping everyone's worldview in the movie that he is a central character. He, he is. But it, it's going to be like, as we, as we discuss, kind of talking about what makes them like, what, what made them who they are to the point that we see them, you know, when we first introduce them. Yeah. And at the end, as we're, we don't really have that as far as comedian. The only thing we can do is just kind of say like, this is like, the influence he had on other people, mm-hmm. but we really don't know what made him who he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's the hardest part of him, but I think that's also one of the things that makes him such a great character is that he is what he is. Yeah. Um, which they kind of talk about that in the book is that the comedian is what he is because he sees life as this thing. So yeah. does it really matter how he came to that conclusion? All that matters is that that's who he is. Right, yeah. And and I, I I thought it was interesting that, like, Comedian, as much of a horrible person as he is, he was the only one that Rorschach really respected. Right. That he was like, no, this guy gets it. He knows what's going on here. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't like him. I don't like who he is. But I do respect that he, unlike everyone else, he's not hiding who he is. Yeah. Even, yeah. even Dr. Manhattan, to some extent, is hiding who he is. Right, right. And that part of that is to put up, uh, is to, you know... Yeah, put on this this appearance, and and I think that's jeez, you know, we're, we're almost like we're talking about it, but it, <laughs> I think that that goes to the whole point of uh, of, of uh, is that Jamie, um, yeah, being there with him is that when she leaves, then he really just kind of like he doesn't really have a reason to continue to to kind of you know pretend to be human, right. and he makes that statement about you know, a human body, uh, a live body, and a dead body are the same to me, right? They contain the same number of cells, right? So. And people are like, wait, what? And and he's like, yeah, I don't have to pretend like I'm this person anymore. So everyone's pretending to an extent except for the comedian. And um, and even when he shows up at Moloch's place and he's crying, you've never seen him cry before. It's because he's never had a reason to. And then he's he's still straight up genuine. He's just like, you know, I can't believe this. It's like, I'm like, you're one of my oldest villains and I'm just breaking down to you. Yeah. Because, you know, I thought I knew all the answers. I thought I had it all. But, it's, you know, so... He he is what he is and who he is, and you don't really, even though you want more of like how he got there, it's not necessary. Right? Yeah, yeah. He he serves the exact purpose that he needs to serve. Yep. So yeah, it's it's funny that we like we're just like yeah no we're not going to talk about it yet and then we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. That is how we roll. But we're basically going to do an episode on each person mm-hmm. and just kind of say hey. Because the overall theme is that each of those people in there, they're all broken people. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're broken people looking for a way to be whole. Yeah. So, uh, and there's there's a lot more I could say about it right now, but I do want to save it for when we're actually doing the episodes. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to get to that. So yeah, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be fantastic. So yeah, I, I may actually have to set aside Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to prioritize Watchmen so we can get to it sooner. Because uh, I, I do, I, I do want to get to that sooner rather than later. I don't want to keep putting it off. So yeah, just just put a towel in hitchhikers and then uh, you come back to it later. <laughs> you can use a towel for that. They're very versatile. They are. <laughs> if you're gonna go traveling outer space, don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> Thanks, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin, you are the worst child actor ever. I know. <laughs> Were you? Have you always been this bad of an actor all my life? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so, so you really consider yourself an actor? I'm not an actor. I'm a person. My name is Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sandstorms I, are very, very dangerous. <laughs> I, I can already see what the theme is going to be for season two of the show. I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> just child just, Anakin. Just child Anakin. It's got to be better than racist Bane, though, right? <laughs> well, like last time we had racist Bane teamed up with child Anakin. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I would love to make a movie of that. <laughs> How long have you hated the other races? All my life! <laughs> and your feelings on black people. They're coarse and they get in everywhere! Sitting <laughs> out here amongst the sand. You're not a Jewish person, are you? No, I'm a person! My name's Anakin! <laughs> I like this kid! <laughs> it's it's too bad he went off into hiding because I would love to get the actor who played Child Anakin on the show. <laughs> Just get him to say all of his lines. name <laughs> off. What is that, Jewish? <laughs> you sound like a cartoon. <laughs> Woohoo! I don't even know what to call this episode. This is like such a non-typed, <laughs> non-themed episode. Uh, I'm Mom Sink for Funny, uh, non-linear too. <laughs> non-linear. Yes, we'll just, we'll just have to have like a, like a non-linear, like every season we'll have like a non-linear episode. <laughs> we just need to do a clip show. Oh man, yeah. Like all good sitcoms. It, wait, isn't it everything we do is a clip show? Because we just, like, we just <laughs> flashback something we did before. <laughs> like, yeah, so no, why would... Why would I throw the child in the lake? I don't remember throwing the child in the lake. I mean, it's like, yeah, I threw the child in the lake. <laughs> Frankenstein Rick James. Oh. Hey, hey, remember that time we went to Xavier's school for the gifted? <laughs> I can win fast. <laughs> or even better, remember when, when we talked about, you know, the... The, the top 10 crazy women that, that would kill us, but it'd be totally worth it. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, hella from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> Heck, yeah. And uh, who was it you mentioned last night? Uh, well, we were talking about... Um, but you were saying that she wasn't crazy. Yeah, Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown. Yeah. Jackie Brown, yeah. Yeah, she's not crazy. She's just conniving. Right. Okay. And very dangerous. So I'm going to ask someone onto a list, right? And you're going to be like, what? Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask someone onto a list here, and it's just totally out there. Uh, and, and for two reasons. One, because I respect the actress, which doesn't really sound like I respect the actress. I'm talking about nailing her, right? <laughs> I mean, I would nail her because I respect the shit out of her. <laughs> when they say never, I hear now. <laughs> We never explained the context to that. So yeah, yeah, we did. We'll you you state your, your case here, and then we'll, we'll give the background on that, because I say that shit all the time. It's going to get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So um, so the uh, uh, I, I really like the actress quite a bit, right? The actress being Viola Davis. I think she's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, first thing I ever saw her in was Out of Sight, which she had a small role in that, and she did really well in it. And it's really kind of hard to put that in context if you've never seen her or anything else. But um, this next thing I saw her in was Saw... Uh, Solaris, okay. a remake of the movie Solaris, but this was um, by Soderbergh as well, and uh, and she's really good in that. And of course, just after that, her Dun and Broad Street just went way up, right? Um, but uh, uh, Suicide Squad, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amanda Waller. Really? Yes. Because really? I, I tell you right now, Amanda Waller, she, I, I don't think she she would even believe in the concept of like a marriage or a boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm sure that after she, like, if she were even have sex with somebody, probably be like once a year, she would have them killed. She would like, she would look them up, make sure they didn't have any ties or anything. They had like a clean record. She'd fuck them and kill them. <laughs> and the reason why is that someone with that much power yeah. That's got to be so just just erotic. I mean, that's just you such a of, turn on. You ever heard of someone going mad without power? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a half See, no one listens to you. I don't know if I would consider her crazy, though. Oh, she's fucking nuts. She's she's amoral. She's power mad. She's power mad and she's amoral, but is she crazy? Okay, that's the in Suicide Squad. Where she gunned down everybody in the right. room? That, yeah. That's just gangster. But here's the thing. <laughs> she didn't... She didn't have to kill them. She hired, she hired those people or she, she got them together for that job knowing that if shit went wrong, anybody without proper clearance would have to be killed. But you still hired people that didn't have proper clearance <laughs> knowing the whole time that I'm, that there's a good chance I will have to kill you all. Or once the mission is complete, I'm going to have to kill you just because I can't risk you talking about any of this stuff. Even, even if everything yeah. had gone perfect. Yeah, see, I don't know. That's it, nuts. It feels to me just more like she's, like, neutral evil. If you're going by, like, the D&D alignment thing. What's the difference between neutral evil and crazy, though? Uh, a lot, because I would consider crazy to be, like, chaotic evil. But in, in, in our modern society, what's the difference between neutral and just nuts? Uh, neutral is just purely self-serving, which you don't have to be crazy to be self-serving. Yeah, but it helps. It helps, <laughs> yeah, but, like... I mean, like, there, there are just, like, self-serving assholes who aren't crazy. Uh, see, I, but I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think I think Ronson would disagree in his book, The Psychopath Test. Yeah, you've mentioned that book. I never read it. You gotta check it out, man. Yeah, you still have to, you'll have to do stuff to watch that documentary on The Confession Killer, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I want to do some episodes on that. I, I want us to revisit uh, Wild Wild Country and Evil Genius, and I want to do some episodes on The Confession Killer. Yeah. Because he was born in Blacksburg, Virginia, which is about 15 minutes from where I was born. So, Oh, jeez. A crazy-ass <laughs> serial killer is born in the mountains of Virginia? Right, yeah. <laughs> what? Like, will wonders never cease? He he was a rough-looking dude, which you're, you're familiar with who he is. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, he's, he's a bad-looking dude. He's got, like, four teeth and a, and a bad eye that, like, slopes down lower on his head than his other eye. And, oh, God, he's just an awful-looking person. Candy boys! Sorry. <laughs> sloth! <laughs> no, he's, uh, man, he, he makes sloth look good. He is awful looking. But yeah, okay. So Amanda Waller, yeah, I, w- I would not have thought that. You will. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's the moment. <laughs> he said it. He said it. Uh, but no, I, say, I, I mean, now I, I don't think Amanda Waller is attractive at all, like physically. I do like Viola Davis. I, I think she's an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really turn me on, but the power that Amanda Waller has, I that there is a there is such a turn on to that. <laughs> so it's like, this oh, is the same dynamic as like why Mirage is with Syndrome. <laughs> He's attracted to power, and so am I. <laughs> uh, that's that's, that's kind of she kind of sad because the woman that did the voice of Syndrome, she was in a lot of movies I've seen back and forth. Y- you mean Mirage? No, I'm sorry, it's Mirage. Yeah, because the guy who did Syndrome yeah. had a full beard. Yeah, pretty sure uh, it's not a woman. Yeah, I, I know who Jason. <laughs> uh, Jason Lee is former former skateboarder uh, turned actor. 
Um, anyway, uh, anyway, the the woman did the voice of Mirage. Um, she, I think, died of alcoholism. Oh shit! Yeah, that and sucks. she was in so she was in like Rush Hour and stuff like that. And she, I always liked her as an actress and yeah, stuff. It was kind of yeah. cool. She was in uh, Jacob's Ladder. Um, so that was really kind of sad. Yeah, that's a um, damn shame. Yeah, but anyway, um, but uh, what was we were watching um last night? Um, uh, we were watching an episode of uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And and he was like, and and the, the the threat that he gives to Bashir. Oh yeah, the, the Cardassian gives to Bashir. He gives him that threat. Yeah, I bet you could tell me all kinds of stuff. You know, it's like it's it's so veiled and like just low key, just slips right under. And if if you weren't careful, you know, you could fall into that trap. Oh yeah, like you like unless you're specifically thinking this guy's about to threaten me, you're not going to read that as a threat. Right. But it's such a threat. It's like the most menacing thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's my business to know things. In fact, you could probably tell me all kinds of things. I don't know. Right. Like, oh God. <laughs> Get away from me, dude. <laughs> and and that scene in the end of uh of uh Suicide Squad. Uh no, is it Suicide Squad or is it Batman Superman? Oh, uh, where she tells Bruce to stop working nights. Right. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad that's that's the in credits for Suicide Squad. Yeah, and in that scene right there, where she's they're they're doing this whole convey, you know, passing of information, and she's like, you know, you look tired. Maybe she stopped working nights. It's like that is <laughs> you. I mean, it's like you don't want to tell me anything, but you tell me everything, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. that is so awesome. And it's, like, uh, it's just like with uh, Black Widow in the first Avengers movie, where she's just like, you've been very helpful. She's like, like, I, I didn't tell her anything. <laughs> I didn't tell her anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she has two moments like that when yeah. she's talking to Loki. Yeah, she's like, "Do you mind this guy telling me everything?" I'm, I'm, I'm not telling her everything. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, there, there's something, there's something just, just that really is like, you know, very attractive. Just very, just like, oh man, that's God. I, you know, I, I kind of want to do you right now. <laughs> so you got a thing for power, okay? Who doesn't? I mean, honestly, who doesn't? I mean, I, I do, but I'm shallow and superficial, so I don't mind admitting it. I mean, let, let's be honest here. Let's take... Like, I want a rich woman to treat me like a prince, like I deserve. Exactly. <laughs> let's take any, like, hot actress right now. Right? So, n- name an actress. Uh, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> okay, she's, Anna Kendrick. She's going to be my go-to. So, I have seen girls that look like Anna Kendrick, look close to Anna Kendrick. Girls that look hotter than Anna Kendrick. But the only thing that separates them from her is she's famous Mm-hmm. She's well known, right? And and with that comes this, you know, power in a sense. I can kind of see that. I mean, because really, that's the only thing that separates the two of them. And it's just like they say, like you know, people say all the time, "Is like you didn't give a shit about me before I was famous, but now right. that I'm famous, it's like, oh, you're so attractive, you're so this, you're so that." And, and it's like, well, family really? all comes crawling, slaps you on the back, and says, "Please." Right. <laughs> it's like, but. But you didn't think that last week before, you know, before I was in this TV show, or this movie, before my album blew up. Right. And when you look at guys, you're like, that's one. Like, okay, fucking Lil Wayne. There's nobody in the world that looks at that and be like, he is just, you know, gets me wet hard. Right. Because <laughs> you're mean, the best looking guy here. You're really popular. I don't have a chance with you. Right. I mean, like. <laughs> oh yeah, you I tell you everything. everything. <laughs> so, that was 
does kind of look like Bunny Swan, doesn't she? <laughs> when you started with the champagne thing, you know, just... <laughs> <Bunny> Swan. Hey, <laughs> look. So, um, you know, I'm not here to tell other people's jokes, uh, but... Uh... Yeah, we are. That's all we do. <laughs> Shut up! 40 fucking episodes <laughs> in. Yeah, that's all we do is tell other people's We're jokes. We're not supposed to be obvious about it, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not like fucking Carlos Mencina or Amy Schumer. I mean, <laughs> I try to sneak some of my own jokes in there too from time to time. <laughs> Just a case. time. Uh, uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, she, hey, they threw me off. Forget me. Forget what I was saying. <laughs> While you're thinking, uh, we have we have to give the story behind the date rape line because we keep using it. I keep <laughs> using no, it. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> if I take it one more step, I would have been underneath that bus. <laughs> Thanks for diving out of the way while I just keep on walking. No, there's there's a commercial that comes on TV here for like a local college of some sort, right? It's like a community college. Am I remembering right? It's something like that. Yeah. It's some kind of local community college that comes on TV, and all these people are talking As about to a national community college, right? You know, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> But, like, all these people are, like, giving these statements and these lines about how determined they are to follow their dreams and how they're not going to let anything stop them from pursuing their education. And they're like, you know, I'm never going to give up no matter what. And then, like, this big, beefy, muscular guy is on there, like, dressed with, like, a football jersey and a shaved head. And he's like, when they say never, I hear now. And we both <laughs> looked at each other at the exact same time and both simultaneously said, that's a date rapist right there. <laughs> He's not talking about college at all. <laughs> what? You didn't see that coming? <laughs> so now anytime we hear something remotely shady, that's what we that's what I say because it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, you dodged a second bus. I know. <laughs> Another train. <laughs> It's just so funny. It's it's so awful. Like, so, somebody filmed and shot this commercial and heard him say that, and nobody thought, yeah, that sounds, sounds a little bit iffy, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Like, yeah, man, you, you said that line in one take. It feels like you've said this before on numerous occasions. Are you, you okay there, Pete? No, 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 I'm good. No, I, just, I just don't take no for an answer, that's all. <laughs> I learned it from my stepbrother, Kevin. <laughs> I fucking Kevin. <laughs> um. Have I, um... That joke should not make you as happy as it does. It's, <laughs> it's funny. It gets a laugh out of you every time. <laughs> <laughs> you use it the most inappropriate times. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like ordering a pizza. And I'm like, you want sausage in your pizza? And you're like, for Kevin, I'm your stepbrother. I'm like, what? It doesn't, it doesn't do it. It doesn't, it doesn't. Oh. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So. Yeah. Ah. Uh, all right. So, um. I think we've been about as non-linear as we can be for, for we, one podcast. We right? have. And it's been an hour. So. Is that Soledad O'Brien? I think it is. I don't know. She's such a cutie. She is.
I, I like this guy's uh, Captain Picard wheelchair. Oh. Professor X, sorry. Same guy. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> now people are going to know that I'm a fake fan. <laughs> just like one of those false gamer girls. I just love Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to sell my bath water now. And on that note, that's a good note to end on. Later, everybody. After I just got it, they were, they were showing Mercy again. Yeah, oh man, Mercy is so hot in this movie. Oh. Batman versus Superman, folks. Better movie than everybody says. Yeah. Way better. I mean, I could, I could talk this movie... Like through and through because it it has such it, it has such good great themes in it. It does, <sighs> but but yeah. Well, hey, thanks everybody for giving us a listen. Thanks for uh, writing this out with us. We had no idea what we were going to talk about coming into this, and it probably shows. But we have fun. <sighs> yeah, mercy. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Later. You can piss in a jar and call it Grandma's Sweet Tea for all I care. I am so thirsty right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like in a Twitter kind of way. I mean... <laughs> You're thirsty, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you hear what I Alright there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh... Let's give them a hand. <laughs>